Welcome once again, readers, to the Annie Gamers Book Club 2022. What an original title. Uh, I am your host, at sign QX20XX, David Estrella. With me, as always, is my... I, just, I cannot be separated from this guy. He's going to be with me uh, for a very powerful long time doing these tor- doing these podcasts talking about these books who is it Int- please introduce yourself hi everyone it's me at sign alive in the wired anarchy i can't believe we spent all morning pitching titles for the show in the main feed and that's what you decided to go with well i mean it got kind of out of hand because it was all like yes it's the annie gamers book club part three stardust crusaders brotherhood <laughs> 2022 <laughs> Uh, and the boss didn't like that, so uh, it's just the Anagamers book club. Like, if you know, you know. Uh, if there's any content that you are not caught up on, hey, subscribe to the Patreon. We have a bunch of episodes on there. This is a podcast where we read a light novel, uh, and then we sit down and we have a nice little discussion about it. We get together and we talk about books because... What pleasure in life is the same as a good book? Yeah, I felt like I was under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I felt like I was under a lot of pressure to re- like really get out there and record like our best episode last episode because it was our first. That was our first main feed episode. That was the first one that was going to be publicly available. So a bunch of people who were not willing to spend the money on us got to listen to us talk about books, and we had Evan there, and I felt very confident about all of that. But now it's just you and me, and it's a uh, not boogie pop phantom this time. No, it isn't. Welcome, welcome, new people who uh, are not Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Annie Gamers Book Club. Let's get right into it, David Estrella. What did we read this time around? Oh lordy. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we read Torture Princess Volume One. I very Boy, casually suggested. Ever. I very casually suggested to my uh my co-host over here. Hey, I've had this sitting in my queue for a while. Let's check it out. Um, wow, Torture Princess. Wow, yeah. is right. Yeah, this wow. uh, this one was a lot. This is this is more interesting than I anticipated it being. Uh, I felt a little bit like you chose this in order to let's just say it like it has punished me um for torture some of my crimes <laughs> torture <laughs> no 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 am i am i the proud wolf and the lowly sow in your life although i guess i'm more of a hog not a sow you you are neither of those things. Well, you're you're a proud wolf if you would like to be a proud wolf. Oh, oh, there's a there's a lot to get through with this one. Um, what is what is Torture Princess about, David Estrella? It's an isekai book. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's been the Annie Gamers Book Club. Uh, thank you for coming, everyone. <laughs> we'll check it. Check out the Patreon, and uh, we'll see. We'll see you next time. Stay valid. Uh, yeah. Content warnings, I suppose yeah wow where to big, start um big fat content warnings for everything you might imagine a book titled torture princess is about i didn't think it was really gonna merit a content warning yeah no it, it, it definitely does basically anybody with good taste can turn off this podcast right now and listen to the next episode where we'll probably talk about something a little bit more joyful for people that are curious okay a lot of a lot of murder 
not like fun murder, like very grisly murders. They do... God, I don't want to talk about this right now. I don't want to talk about this right off the bat. But I think the climax of the book involves the um, would you kill baby Hitler social experiment. Uh, Other stuff as well. There's a lot in this. There is one hell of a lot in this. So it is a a grimdark fantasy novel that's not necessarily a pejorative. That is a straight up description of it. The protagonist, Kaito, spends his life getting abused by his drug addict lowlife of a father, and eventually his father just one day just straight up kills him. And he is summoned to this low, f- uh, I guess, yeah, low fantasy is probably not the right word, but this kind of grimdark fantasy world by the torture princess herself. I keep wanting to- Elizabeth Lefanu. I keep wanting to call her Elizabeth Bathory because I'm oh. convinced that that's oh. what- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, like, so there's like, yeah, there's some very obvious tie-ins with like, you know, some people- uh, historical figures when i saw this character i thought to myself like uh isn't this just uh the character from fake and order like they are just designed to uh have belts cover up their uh, modest bust well elizabeth yeah. bathory from fake grand order is based on elizabeth bathory the historical figure who is a oh i forget what modern nation state she would have been from but she was a high-ranking noblewoman who was famous for torturing her torturing and killing her servants with the help of a number of her staff i suppose you'd call them you know her her advisors and the people who helped her run her estate she from a very young age was interested in making other people suffer and eventually got into a position of power where she could do that more or reminds less me a without... little bit yeah it reminds me a little bit of that like story of like bluebeard kind of like that perverse uh deriving enjoyment from it and also just seemed like oh i'm going to artificially extend my my lifespan by bathing in the blood of virgins and stuff like that yeah well that's where i was going with this is that a number of things about her life are probably exaggerations or falsifications yeah. which is fascinating to me because you don't really need to make the stuff that she was doing more gruesome or or more horrific i think it ties into this need to differentiate what she was doing from the fact that basically every noble person was probably torturing their staff to varying degrees and the fact that she was doing it harder and more obviously and more openly was kind of a a violation of this gentleman's agreement that they all had to not talk about you know not not draw attention to the fact that they were all doing it so they made an example of her so if you take that historical instance and you slot that into an isekai light novel mold you have torture princess where our protagonist is isekai he becomes her butler for reasons that aren't entirely clear i think she's just bored and wants to have a servant to talk to yeah they make very uh, <laughs> the, they make light of the whole process of like summoning people from other worlds and at some point they just say like oh no this is just something that we can do it's very easy watch watch me do it right now <laughs> And the Torture Princess is really the main character. She's the driving force of the story. She's on a quest to kill all of these demons. 
who have invaded our world. There's kind of some higher level metaphysical stuff that's not super interesting, but it's it's definitely there. Yeah, like um, a certain number of demons like Earl, Grand Earl, Kaiser, Marquis, Grand Marquis, uh, do such and such and such it really did just seem like an excuse to maybe write multiple sequels of this book now some of the stuff in here is like presented in such a way where i think to myself like dang this is just like a video game right now and which is not anything that we have are like completely unfamiliar with but i wasn't terribly impressed outright and then i guess like it got into the really gory details of what is going on in this world it almost seemed like the author just has a thing right a fixation a fetish even yeah it's one of those ones where you have this kind of surface level understanding of the things that it's about you know like you've been reading wikipedia entries i had kind of a similar response to it to you I really wasn't on board for kind of the first half of it, and then the second half of it, I think it won me over a bit more. I, I wouldn't outright say it's, like, really, really fantastic and you have to go out to read it, but a, a lot of the stuff in the first half kind of coalesced into something more interesting in the back half of the book. Yeah, I guess, I guess to start off with, Kaito, Kaito, like, had a hard life, okay? But the problem is that kaito's i think like his responses to things are they're still in like the realm of this is what an anime character would think this is like how an anime protagonist would react to many things it's just dolled up a little bit in that like very edgy grim fantasy so he's made he's made the the butler for elizabeth and elizabeth is uh how would we describe elizabeth in terms of like what like because elizabeth is supposed to be like the character that's like on the cover of the book this is the one that's going to move copies for all the moe pigs that only buy things based on the quality of the illustration on the cover <laughs> she's like i mean i started off like saying like okay isn't this just like liz from fate grand order fate extra whatever you wherever you want to derive her her point of origin because she's dressed up in like sort of like this bondage gear as well but she seems like you know, she's got like the really long black hair and like the pale skin. She's like kind of flat as well. It's definitely like, you know, there was a bit of like typing going on here. Where it's like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is what I'm into. And her personality is kind of bratty as well. I think like, the, so. the one the one bit of like in, endearing comic relief that we get in in this book is her reactions to Kaito's cooking. Like Kaito's never cooked a day in his life and he's being thrust into this noble's kitchen and told like, okay, prepare tongue, like goat entrails, bull testicles, whatever, all these like delicacies. And of course he doesn't really know what he's doing. The only thing that he figures out how to make, and this was a weird scene. This was a weird like, okay, cooking scene, next content. The scene where he makes pudding and they just have like a back and forth, like what is the definition of pudding? And, and here it's like still kind of like, oh, okay, maybe it's like a fun, cute uh, sort of, uh, you got you got your sundre and you got your guy who doesn't really like, you know, he's not very emotional, doesn't really expand upon like what he likes, what he doesn't like. So they're constantly uh, at odds with each other. And he makes the, he makes the pudding in, I suppose like it's like a life or death scenario for him because Elizabeth is like that kind of person, right? And, like she will just outright dispose of a person if 
they are not suitable to the task. And that is maybe the best amount of characterization I think that we get between the two, because then the rest of it is events, things going on. It almost seems like it wants to jumpstart the story. And then, like you said, like it wasn't until that second half where it seemed like, oh, okay, we got a better grasp of the story besides like go out there and kill these 14 like demon god king lord people. Yeah, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of torture, there's a lot of, like, descriptions of people suffering in this, Being especially in the such, first half. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think Elizabeth is a Cinder necessarily, I kind of get like a Kion Haruhi vibe, you know, she's extremely overconfident, she's absurdly powerful, she bends everyone around her to her whim, she has a very unique mode of speaking, it's, it's very flowery, it's very purple. And Kaito can just like, I think at most he responds in like two words to anybody's questions. Like he has a lot of questions of his own, because, but because he's like never had a normal life, he reacts to things in a weird way that are sometimes to his benefit. Because everybody else is caught up in like this grim fantasy setting and they're like all like talking the way that you might imagine people that are like living with all kinds of manner of like murders and plagues and, and things that are going on in their world. It's really it's really just a dark thing with no future prospects coming <laughs> for anybody. Yeah, this world is on a knife's edge. At any time, someone could make a pact with a demon and, and start destroying the world, and there's this basic tension between good and evil that is kind of this binary state that exists in this world. But everyone who everyone else who lives in this world has their own kind of stuff going on, they have their own personal machinations, they have ideas that they represent... And Kaito, because of his previous life and the situation he's in now, he is, like, laser-focused on survival. That is his skill. It almost seems like he's being formed by current world that he occupies because he's never really had the chance of the previous world. The previous world was just, like, just bear with all the things that are happening. Live as long as he can, even if it was a pathetic life uh, at the end. But she gives him, a, a, like, a different perspective, I think, for... Like, uh, anybody else would say, like, oh, it's super unpleasant to live with somebody like elizabeth but his take on it is a little bit different because he's never really had anything good to compare it with a lot of light novels especially ones that we've read don't tie the person's death into the reason why they got isekai'd we joke about truck-kun coming to to take someone away to the isekai land but it's very rarely directly relevant to the isekai situation uh, but this one, it is directly relevant. He died in such miserable circumstances that that's the reason why Elizabeth was able to summon him and turn him into a servant, was because he was a, a sinless soul, is what they called it. The, his life and the circumstances of his death were significantly... He had, like, an extreme negative karmic debt. I'm going to assume, like, neither, neither of us really liked that, like, first story arc, did we? No. The one the one where it's Hunger Games with, like, a, a bunch of kids. Yeah, they did They did Battle Royale. They, it's all of the grimdark cliches, that first half. It's really interesting, like, this, this first half where people are getting tortured and killed all the time, and then the description will be like, and then 
and 20 people died. And then it, it tries to focus back in and be like, well, what if this one person, this character whose name we know dies? And at this point, you're just like yeah. completely desensitized to people being killed horrifyingly. It is a really, really peculiar construction of this. It strikes me sometimes as like a little bit amateurish because like they will be named they will be named characters and there won't be named characters and people will die for like pages and pages and then there will be other people that will like just die in a sentence yeah and there's like there's like graphic descriptions of what is happening sometimes and it's like sometimes there isn't and it all seems like really out of balance like you can't really tell like what is going to be important now and later and then what's just like for i I guess setting the mood (laughs) it's rather directionless is how i would describe kind of the first half of this i think uh once we start introducing the doll that's when we both liked it <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're playing we, the AGBCDG, which is the Annie Gamers Book Club drinking game, uh, we got another sex robot, and that's a finish your glass. So whatever you're drinking, you have to finish it. So there's there's like a there's like a robot. Oh, I didn't actually have you wanna, that much of my drink. Do you want to describe the sex robot? Hina would die for Kaito. Hina lives for Kaito. Okay, so the first thing that's, like, really cool is that I think it immediately happens after, like, probably the worst part of the book. So, like, I I struggled to finish this book. I'm going to say, like, I was very, like, on and off with it. Uh, so I got through the part with, like, the spider demon guy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Unimportant for now. He'll be very important later. And then I think it jumps straight into a scene between... Elizabeth and Kaito and they both sort of agree like maybe it would be a good idea for Kaito to have some sort of weapon or something because if in this world you need to be able to defend yourself and he's pretty useless as he is well he's also invincible though he's invincible but like I mean how much is he gonna take like he can only like they, they were very clear like he can only lose half of his blood and people are getting like maimed and destroyed and, and like trampled upon by like these enormous creatures uh so it's like it's not even that great of an invincibility if he can just be torn apart and drained of all his blood like immediately so he gets the boot he's sent to the basement and he's told to like just go look and pick for something and the basement is filled with all sorts of horrors and things and that he just can't really understand some of them are torture devices and intentionally she's like oh go go fetch me yeah. something but that her actual yeah. intent is to to punish him it's by discipline. sending him into the dangerous creepy basement that torture princess <laughs> so that's our torture princess <laughs> so <laughs> uh so he like he gets really far in into the basement and he finds this sex doll and it's a murderous sex doll so it's like a whole uh, yakety sax type of deal where he's running around, the doll's chasing after him, and then finally Elizabeth steps in and is like, oh, God, finally got to deal with this. Hina. Hina. Hina uses he a halberd. Hina. Well, I mean, like, she didn't have a name. She, like, she was, like, it seemed like she was halfway into being assigned an owner. And then, well, the funny thing was, like, there, it's, like, a, a multiple choice question first, like, establishing the relationship with the uh, the sex doll. Uh, there's only one right 
choice. You have four choices. You can say that it's like it's a master servant, uh, something, 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 and like the last one is like Parent lovers. Child, yeah, and then the the one that obviously is going to be picked is lovers. So Hina is clingy and completely devoted, like Uruharusha Yandere GF kind of. Uh, kind of character this is i mean this is where i had a little bit more respect for kaito because like these sort of flavorless light novel protagonists that we frequently run into they are completely sexless and they don't have any experience uh, at all with like having affection or like seeing somebody and being all like eh, well i could kind of see them in that way he goes straight for the correct option but it was more of like a process of elimination as well because he never really knew the experience of <laughs> master and server he didn't want to be he didn't want to be in like an elizabeth situation with hina that he knew for sure and he also didn't really know his experience with like having a mother so he's like well i guess we're gonna find out what the fuck lovers is gonna be but also it's the first time in his life that he has received completely unconditional affection from someone it's the first mm. time in his life that someone has actually yeah. like cared about his well-being even though she's programmed to do that he has a lot of trouble rectifying that with his you know his self-image and the treatment he receives from elizabeth and the treatment that he receives from his father and all of the horrible things that are happening in this world that are described in excruciating, mildly fetishistic detail. It's so vivid that I thought to myself, like, huh, I wonder if it'll get an anime anytime soon. I don't know, maybe if it was maybe. still the bubble economy, it would make for a sick OVA, probably. Ooh, it'd probably better than the better than the source. <laughs> like people that like the source would hate it, but then like everybody else would be like, yo, you gotta check out this like insane thing. You gotta check out this crazy OVA. I read a lot of genre fiction, and I really don't like grimdark genre fiction a lot of the time. I find that it comes from a very, uh, a, a very unpleasant place from people who have not had a lot kind of wrong with their lives. And maybe that's tarring the whole of it with too broad of a brush, but it it really doesn't do it for me. And I think that there's enough horrible things in the world that like you don't have to make up a fictional scenario where everyone's really unhappy and things are really shitty because the real world is kind of like that and fiction is for exploring things that exist in the real world and if you have like a grimdark fantasy where it's bad because there's demons everywhere and people are getting tortured all the time like is that's not really exploring a greater idea or anything and a lot of this novel, especially the first half, is caught between being, and I don't know if this is something that occurred to you, but kind of over the top enough to be kind of comical and kind of fun, and also trying to make you actually care that these things are happening. Care, like, the deaths are meant to be meaningful, the torture is meant to be painful, the suffering is meant to be very, very real. It's kind of neither thing. And I, I honestly couldn't tell a lot of the time which one it was going for, or even if it was trying to go for either. So you're not, you're not into the idea that, like, only one guy, the most fucked up of guys, can <laughs> make the world suck a little bit less. <laughs> Uh, we have to include that in the show notes so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's pro you could describe that as being the plot of 
the Lord of the Rings, not unreasonably. And Fucked up I'm little a guy. Huge Tolkien fan. <laughs> well, it's like there's there's darkness in Tolkien, but there's also yeah. light. There's like there is a possibility to hope for a better future in Torture Princess. It really does seem well. The whole thing is like they spoil the ending for you like right away elizabeth after she finishes telling you that a she is the proud wolf and b she is the lowly sow she tells you right like when she's done with everything when she's done with everything they are gonna put her at the stake and they are gonna burn her and that's gonna be it and she's okay with that she's made her peace with it and she's fine and part of volume one through fits and starts does explain why she's pretty okay with everything despite the way that she is acting where she seems like she seems to like too proud to bend and like to to this like higher authority the church the church is a thing in this book of course the church is a thing in this book and of course the church is also kind of fucked up in this book that was actually maybe my like the part where i was most interested in where the narrative was going because that clueless guy was so like just dark souls npc guy like (laughs) oh yeah no i'm cool I'll 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 help. I'm going to I'm going to fix everything. He's a demon disguised as uh one of the one of the clergy. Uh, they classic, do this like four classic. times in this novel. Legitimately like several times they have a conversation with someone and then they like do one of the characters does a columbo and they go, "Oh, just one more thing. Aren't you a demon?" And it turns out that the person that they were talking to actually is a demon. Like it happens over and over again. It's like mimics but for N- NPCs. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought, uh, I thought at least there it was like the, you know, they pumped the brakes a little bit on just like very flowery descriptions of all the bloodletting and the organs flying in the air. Uh, and now finally, maybe we're introduced a little bit more to the elements that are controlling Elizabeth. Like, who has such control over Elizabeth? And generally, I found it like kind of, kind of all right. I was at least like more engaged with the the reading. It goes it like it goes to this point where we find out that the church is like hiding one of like the more powerful demons. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, right? Right? Like the, the, the demons are just so strong that they've infiltrated the church itself. They're sort of like guiding their minions to, to do their bidding to in order to gain more strength. Well, they take power from human suffering. That's where Elizabeth gets her powers from. That's where all of the demons get their power from. Human suffering is the thing that fuels their magic. You get to a point where I really understood Elizabeth's personality because there's a certain kind of power in accepting your own failings. And everyone in this world, aside from her, is trying to pretend to be something that they aren't. You know, all of the demons are trying to pretend to be something that they aren't. The church is trying to pretend to be something that they aren't. Um, Her father figure is trying to pretend to be something that he isn't. And there's a lot of power in accepting your own failings and who you are and refusing to put on this kind of performance so that other people perceive you in a certain way. And I think that that's where her character really, really clicked for me. Yeah, I mean, like, at least by the end, like, I thought, like, okay, I mean, Elizabeth is kind of cool, even though... She's like sort of like she's in an uncool story. I mean, I'll just I'll just say it out right. Like, it's kind of it's kind of an uncool story. Like you got like an uncle Vlad who's like just Dracula, it's just the rip off of Dracula. 
Yeah, as much as she is a ripoff of Elizabeth Bathory, her father is... He's actually her uncle, but she... He's... He turned her into the torture princess, so he's her her father in a kind of broader sense. A lot of this is about parental fail figures, like fathers specifically failing you and forcing their failures onto you, and how do you break that cycle? The sex robot, like, re-murders uh, Kaito's father. Kaito's father, like, fell off a boat and drowned at sea the first time. And then he gets isekai back through Uncle Vladi's powers in order to have a conversation with his son. And then it just, like, amounts to a whole lot of nothing. Just uh, his father trying to kill him again. And uh, then Hina's all like, you know, not on my watch. And then... Mm, swings a halberd around so powerfully that he is split in half and all his guts fly into the air. Well, it's a very important moment for Kaito because he realizes that like his father is nothing and he, that he doesn't have to be bound by that anymore. He he can be he can break free of that. That's like a you know, to its credit, Torture Princess Volume One. Like nobody else is gonna go there for their Volume One. Like <laughs> no, no, this is this is unique. Nobody else is going to go into that territory where, like, the protagonist has their, like, their moment of growth is just accepting that sometimes parents are bad. Sometimes parents will just die a really, like, pointless death. And you've seen so many bad things at this point that all the things that you thought in the past were that were bad was like, well, no, I've seen worse. Like, it's just, it's weird. You don't have to perpetuate that. Yeah. You can break free from that, and you can be your own person. Elizabeth's uncle-slash-father, like Vlad, he tried to control her life as well. He was so afraid of losing her, you know. What would you do to protect something important to you? You might do something really terrible, and it would be a mistake. Like, he's afraid of losing her, so he feeds her demon flesh to give her demon powers, and then introduces her to torturing the servants so that she can have magical energy to sustain her. That's what we find out in the the last kind of couple of chapters of the novel is that's why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. She was groomed into the, her position and she decided like, I actually don't want to be your daughter anymore. So fuck off. And she I mean, him. good for Elizabeth. Good for Elizabeth. And then it just like ends like on like a really kind of like happy note where it's like, oh, here's our like little fucked up, uh, you know, our master servant. Family. Our like, found family. It's very hot. It's very millennial. It's very heartwarming. The sex robot is there. Like, I think the butcher also shows up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the fucked up. Speaking Fam- of fucked the up family butcher. Man. Fucked up little man. Well, he's not that little. <laughs> He's like he's no, a fucked he's up not. guy. He's just not that little. Yeah, he's like uh, he'll just like pop in every now. He's like the Kramer or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Crikey, yeah. Uh, can we talk about baby Hitler? Please. Can I we wish talk you about? Would. Oh my god. Okay, so this like halfway halfway in. Okay, so like we're we're um Elizabeth is fighting with her her teacher her tutor who is become a who's decided to become a necromancer but that's kind of like uncle vlad's fault and uncle vlad has uh some i guess i'm assuming demonic minions like they are maids with jewels in their eyes and they can stop time and do do all kinds of like things that now that i'm thinking about it like actually isn't this like sort of a plot hole where like i mean you got like really like capable maids that can stop time 
I mean, it's hardly the most egregious story element that feels out of place. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the maids, the maids approach Kaito, who's like kind of frozen in time here, and they're all like, hey, if you could kill baby Hitler right now, and then they show him a baby, they ask him, would you? And he like thinks about it for a while. And he like he looks at the baby and the baby has like fucked up little spider legs. And it's like it's it's nurturing like some spiders that are crawling over it or something. It's like it's having like a really like like a warm and fuzzy like TikTok moment where it's like, you know, the puppy and the baby <laughs> like they're just, you know, they're being they're being babies together, like just like vibing. And he thinks about it and he, like he just doesn't really have an answer to that. It's like it's such a thing to be presented with at that moment like he's more worried about what's happening to his sex robot and what's happening to elizabeth who kind of were getting their ass kicked in the moment and then the maids curb stomp the baby was that necessary it's every it's like i said every single grimdark cliche they kill a baby they kill baby hitler it's like well does this make us as bad as does this make you as bad as yeah the, do you inherit do you inherit that We've already seen, we've already saw, we already saw like a bunch of children like get hung up on like a big old piece of like barbed wire on a ceiling and they were like artificially being kept alive to suffer to power grown up baby Hitler who's like the spider Earl or whatever he's supposed to be. Yeah, just uh, it's, it's details like this where it's like, you know, if I was following the book, sometimes the book will present me with a thing like this. And I think to myself, like, even this, like, we're not really exploring anything here in fiction where this is just here to, like, be like, ooh. Yeah, a lot of it it's is dark. shock value. And I'm a huge fan of shock value. I think shock value can be a very, very useful, very important tool. And this really whiffs on its shock value a lot of the time. And yet there's a lot about it that I like. There was a lot about, like, it won me over by the end, shockingly. Once yeah, you, you get like that first half of it out of the way, you're like, oh, okay. There's, like, you some like the meat to this story. There's some ideas. There's some themes. You like the cooking? Uh, it's not, like, it's not like a cooking pervert novel. It's, it's kind of, like, about cooking as much as it's about torture, <laughs> right? It's not really about how torture is applied and used in the real world. It's about torture as uh, and something of an abstract concept. You know, it's like, it's it's very, yeah, it's like reading Wikipedia entries about the crows that stab snails onto thorns and um, writing about that. It's not really, yeah, it's not really cooking pepper, although a lot of the description of food did sound, well, some of them sounded really nice and some of them were like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you think, <laughs> uh, like that, you, there's no, you wouldn't serve this with that, but uh, that's like a, a minor complaint. I do think it could have been more appreciably Eastern European, you know, more Slavic. It's it's very clearly like set in that area of the world and in that story tradition, and it is much more kind of like Western European kind of like Arthurian cycle. Well, like, like generic isekai fantasy, I should say, more than more than it yeah. is like taking inspiration from uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah. So I guess uh, final thoughts on Torture Princess. Oh God, mixed bag. I think it needed a really hard fine-tune. I think that you could fine-tune this into a really, uh, a much 
much stronger light novel. It's sloppy, there's lots of bits that they, like, they reuse over and over again. Uh, a lot of it is very directionless, and it's, a lot of it is not really in service of anything, but where it's good, it actually is pretty interesting. I Like I said, that second half really won me over. And I, I wouldn't say run out and read this right now, but like with a lot of these, maybe the author gets better once they have some more experience, once they're able to express their ideas in a bit of a better way. Desperately in need of a fine-tuning, desperately in need of like a really harsh, really severe edit, but... Not the worst thing we've read. It uh, certainly has some some meat on its bones. Certainly made me think, and the the experience of like like the graph of my interest of this going up and down and up and down, and seeing all of the little parts of it coalesce into something, uh, is more interesting than some of the more generic light novels we've read for absolute certain. Yeah, this is the uh, I guess this is like the souls like of light novels. Not not there. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't make Dark Souls. You made it Souls like. I like the. I like the. I like the combat prose. I suppose just like the descriptions of what was going on, which is like it's rare for the most part. Like I think like everybody's done everything that there is to do about when two characters are fighting, and I felt like at least in this one, I felt like I was properly understanding what was going on, and also there was just like enough flourishes in like the back and forth between characters. It was very memorable and it was very succinct, which is something that you can't say for the combat in almost every light novel. Like, it has that over, like, so I'm a spider, so what? So, yeah, to its credit, like, it does, it did something good in an area where a lot of other fantasy light novels try to get into, but their heart isn't really into it. At least, like, its heart is in violence, so its depictions of characters fighting was... It felt like the stakes were appropriately high for for the moment, uh, but yeah. Also, like yeah, don't run out to read this unless this is like really, really your bag. Unless like you really know, like yeah, no, I definitely want to read this one. It made me think, and it made me kind of like really chew on what was it about more than uh, some of the light novels that we've read. And there's there's th the core the core of something something larger and something better here but yeah that's a real a real a real mixed bag and i think the character work is really good as well if you t lifted all of the grim dark murder torture stuff out of it and put those characters somewhere else it might shine a bit better but i i think the characters are very well realized and and that's definitely its best strength and there are things in this world that are worse than death and it gets that right if nothing else oh so Next time, the light novel that we are reading is up to you. Yes, that is correct. We've been threatening it for a while, and we're finally doing it. If you are an Annie Games patron, when this goes up, we are going to have a poll, and you can choose which of the previously featured light novels for the Annie Games book club that we are going to revisit. Who knows? Who knows what people want us to read next? Yeah, I'm excited to, to revisit some stuff, you know? Like, like very selfishly, I wish it could be... I'm thinking, you know, J.K. Haranatsu, or Kubishime from Zaragoto, or Haruhi, but we both know it's probably going to end up being fucking Clockwork Planet or something. <laughs> no, I mean, I, whatever, whatever, whatever the listeners want us to, to read for volume two, I mean, I'm, I'm good for it. 
Yeah, so if you're a long-time listener or if you're a new listener, please let us know which one do you want to see us revisit. Whatever it is, we will attack it with enthusiasm, and I'm looking forward to whatever it is. We have a, a huge back catalogue of, like, over 20 light novels uh, that we've done. So, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be great. All right, so now now it's your now it's your favorite part of the show. Everybody's favorite part of the show. My second favorite part of the show, after getting to spend time with you, my good friend David Estrella. Everybody's sa- second favorite part of the show, and it's not the ending. It's the one where we talk about things that we recommend to people. What have you got for me this week? Recommendations corner, everybody. What do I got for you this week? I've been thinking about it. Sometimes, like, I just don't have time for, like, consuming media that isn't just, like, the same thing that I've talked about day after day, whether it's Final Fantasy fourteen or Pokemon what have you i've been listening to the new utada hikaru album oh shit yeah i've been really enjoying it i haven't been like too keen on their output since like mm, a few years ago probably however long it's been and i think like this album that came out recently is like it's mostly just compiling singles that have come out due to like other stuff like you know the ava movie kingdom hearts 3 giggle chuckle <laughs> And like other like scattered singles that have come out over over the years, uh, but I guess hearing them all together now, yeah, no, I actually think like it's these are these are some of like the probably some of my favorite songs that they put out in a, in a long time. There's um there's this remarkable like eleven minute song about meeting <laughs> meeting meeting a hookup like somewhere out in like fucking Europe. And it's like it's just like the most like adult and horny thing I've like listened to in in a while. It's like it's really it's really good. It's like it's it, it's so it's so like overblown. I was led to believe that this was the Utahikara Parenthood album that this was about their Kinda. children and their Kinda. experience being a parent. Uh, that sounds uh, sounds like I was really uh, way off on that. Kind, I mean, kind of. I mean, they've had they had like a I, I suppose they've had like a f- kind of fucked up love life or something. Things that like you know we're allowed to see sometimes show up in the music. So like, they, I mean, the the second best track on there is like a seven minute song about just like being just being stroppy and yeah like i think like part of the song they just have like their kid show up for like uh like a just like you know sing sing a little bit and of course they're not like a professional they haven't been in like the business for 30 something years but it's um it's less it to me to me it sounds like less like a you know here's my kid i love my kid do you love my kid it's more of like a this is reality. This is my reality right now. And but I still want to make horny jams about like kind of being being out there. That sounds you you've sold it to me more than anyone else. That actually does sound pretty interesting. And I, I'm not really a big Hikari person. I am reading. Uh, I was op shopping and I picked up a copy of Alice Pong's Her Father's Daughter. Uh, Alice Pong is an author that I was really into uh, in high school. Um, I think her books were a bit new to be on the recommended reading list, but I absolutely loved uh, Unpolished Gem, and growing up Asian in Australia is, like, a fundamental text, I would say. I really love her her work. Unpolished Gem is her 
autobiography of the first 20 years of her life being Asian Australian and the the specific experience of that and the things that her family have gone through and it is at times quite joyful and at times absolutely heartbreaking. I highly highly recommend it and I don't know why I never read this. I think I you know, it's just one of those things where there was a new book coming out and I never got around to it, but I am really enjoying Her Father's Daughter. Uh, it is oh how do I even put this it's it's it goes through so many different modes it's very like you know FOMO because the characters are traveling to different countries all the time and it's just very casual you know they're just like oh I'm just gonna nip off to to Cambodia I'm just gonna fly into state and maybe that's part of the reason why I'm vibing with it so much it's because I really really miss getting out getting to travel but it's also like a lot of her work about finding your your place in the world and and squaring up the different parts of your identity and and being being comfortable with the person that you are it's really really good i would recommend any of her any of her work but her father's daughter is a very very good work and i'm enjoying it a great deal well thank you for listening to this episode of the annie gamers book club and hey if you did like what you listened to patreon.com forward slash annie gamers you can get our back catalog you can tell us which light novel we have to review next. David and I do a ton of stuff together. We podcast, we VTube, we stream video games, all of that stuff. Follow me on Twitter, at SignAlivenTheWired. I'm at SignQX20XX on Twitter.com. And until we meet again, dear, dear little bookworms, stay valid. Stay valid, everybody.